Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Mooncast. Um, sorry it's been, well it's been a long time actually, it's been a good three months, almost five months, no it has been five months <laughs> since I last did one, so I do apologise for the long delay. Um, Joe's back with me which is great, so we're going to start talking about fairies in a bit, but I thought I'd just do a little bit of a catch up before then. Um, yeah, it's been a long time just because basically I've been really busy um, I haven't put much on the YouTube channel either for Yogi Battle Apps either, so it's just been one of those things. It's just been a really busy time. Um, also been helping out, done a lot, done some like, like play testing for for the Arising, and also I, I did do a little bit of writing for it, so that was taking up quite a lot of my sort of Moonstone time. <coughs> I apologise for the cough, not COVID, but I am coughing, so I do apologise. I'll be coughing all the way through this. Um, so yeah, but we're back, and hopefully I'll I'll try and keep the gap smaller between this one and the next one um because there's plenty to catch up on there's a lot of stuff been released actually since the last one um also apologies because i know that in the last one and the previous one i said i was going to record part of the new book with susie and it just never i i, I blame myself to most of you not not susie at all she was always up for it um i just never really got around to doing it which is a shame because of it's such a good it's such good writing. Um, Susie's got a lot to be proud of with that, um, as has everyone who's contributed to it, including Joe, who's supposed to be the chief, the, the chief, chief, chief playtester or head playtester. What title do you prefer? <laughs> Please, chief, 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 chief. I think, I think no, we'll, we'll, we'll call you chief, chief playtester. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, Joe's obviously is a big part of the playtesting for the for the characters. I my my role was more the I wrote most of the scenarios and. Did some of the narrative but yeah on to today because you don't want to hear all about me um so we're going to talk about fairies um so this is the second fairy episode we've done episode three was a fairy episode that covers kind of the first lot of fairies that were released we will talk about those ones but for today we're mainly going to be focusing on the newest four which is vesper <coughs> belladonna foxglove and gwendolyn um at the time of recording this, Vesper was only released about a week ago, and is a very different fairy, actually, to, to bucks a real trend with the fairies, so there's quite a lot to talk about. Um, so mm -hmm. we'll mainly talk about those four. Um, obviously, Diana is also in the in the newest box, but she was also released the last time we did this, so I'm pretty sure I've talked about her before. And I've certainly mentioned Diana plenty of times, because she's my favourite. My favourite. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also talk about Gwen like me and Joe talk about Gwendolyn quite a lot because I know she's one of his favourites. Um, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about this from a from a fairy point of view. So this is going to be about how to use them in fairy lists rather than obviously Gwendolyn can be used in Leshevold, but we're not really going to talk too much about Leshevold. Um, we've, we've covered that before, I think. Um, so before I have another coffee bit, what I think I'll do, Joe, if that's all right. Well, Joe's here, so hello, hello again, Joe. Nice to have you back. Um, <laughs> I do apologize for the coughing. I can't do anything about it. I've got a nice hot cup of tea to try and keep drinking, but it, it's just going to be coughing throughout this. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get Joe to start off, if that's all right. Because um, I think you, I'm guessing you did quite a lot of playtesting with Vesper. Vesper, yeah. Vesper was one I did a lot of playtesting on because, well, yeah, she's because she's so different and there's so many different things there was well a lot of things for me to break with her basically so that was another one i made tom's life a nightmare with primarily yeah. the out of reach thing 
<coughs> yeah, yeah, but 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 I think Tom Tom appreciates having that, so because it makes them more balanced. So what I think I'll do, Jess, if it's all right, is I'll ask you to because I think I'm just going to cough loads in the ways. Is ask you to kind of go through go through her card a little bit and have a bit of a talk about how how she developed. Yeah, as, so and in terms of how she developed as a hmm. tabletop, you know how she developed how the how her rules developed. Because I, I I play tested her a little bit, but I had, I didn't do very much at all to be honest with you. Hmm. So um, not not on Vesper. So I think it's best if you if you kind of take a lead on that, uh, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. So Vesper's actually not changed too much from the original idea. Honestly, I think the first iteration of our card is in many ways relatively similar to where she is now. I think the main changes were just tweaks here and there. The out of reach, which I just alluded to, what I um, kept doing with that was basically I'd spend the first three to, and this is still definitely something you can do, but you just need to put a little more thought into it now than you did with its original version. Is I'd spend the first three or so turns collecting moonstones, which Vesper is fantastic at, um, uh, given that she doesn't have weakling like fairies normally do. Um, first three turns just collecting moonstones, and then turn four out of reach. And then if your opponent's only method of killing Vesper is um, attacking her in melee, well, there's nothing they can do about that. Vesper's moonstones are perfectly safe. Um, that's that was the sort of the main thing that got tweaks here and there. But the main one in the end was she stops benefiting from cover when she goes out of reach, which kind of makes sense. She's flying so-and-so me stuff in the air. She'd be quite easy to shoot her at that point. But um, everything else was just like minor tweaks here and there. Like the melee went slightly down. Some of the numbers on the signature were tweaked here and there. But the core concepts pretty much stayed the same for Vesper throughout her um, playtesting. That's cool. Yeah, no, I, I noticed that her melee had gone down and things. Um, so just to, uh, what I'll just do actually, just because in case anyone's not not got Vesper yet, and if you haven't, buy her because she's amazing. Um, but <laughs> so she's uh, see, one thing that's very different about her with other fairies is that she's a fairy who's riding, who's, who's on a mount, which is also it's cool because it's a huge wasp. Um, and I remember I remember talking to Tom about, about this. I think this was quite in the early days of Vesper. He was like, I don't know whether I should put. A fairy on a on a mount. I mean, fairies can fly. So why would they have a mount? And I think it was me and Ricky said, "Yeah, but humans have mounts and they can walk. So why wouldn't a fairy have a mount that can fly?" He kind of went, "Oh, yeah, that's cool. Brilliant. Next, I still still have to have a fairy on a mount then, because he already had this idea of having this fairy on this giant wasp. But he wasn't sure whether it would work or not." But I said, "Mate, if it looks cool, no one's going to give a toss." <laughs> um, and it does. So no one, no one's going to. Um, so I'm going to quickly run through her card anyway. So. She's a fairy, animal, and soldier. <coughs> that can matter. She's melee three, range two, arcane four, evade zero. So again, different from other fairies because they're all evade minus two. She's got uh, passive abilities as a stinger, so she's plus two piercing. Um, active abilities, she's got one called antagonize. Costs one six inch range, target plus one melee and plus one evade. That's quite, that's quite, I mean, doing that on someone like, Silver, uh, not silver tongue. On um, uh, what's her face? Well, wasp is a good one, but the other one I'm thinking of is um, uh, the the fairy with the sword, the stabby sword. Fencer, fencer, fencer. Doing that on fencer would be horrific. Um, (coughs) 
And then the ability to generate was, was just referring to out of reach cost one. Basically, it means she cannot be targeted by melee actions and does not benefit from cover. So a bit like, um, a bit like uh, the airships, but but she can still pick up moonstones, can't she? Um, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't say she can't pick up moonstones. So people. Yeah, um, but she doesn't benefit from cover. And then she's got throw javelin, which I believe is exactly the same as wasps. Cost two. It's on greens and it's X piercing damage. Um, but again, breaking the trend from other fairies, she's got eight health uh, and only three energy. So she's a bit more like a um, like a goblin or a human with her energy, um, which is nice because it does provide some variety for, for fairies. And then her um, signature is on a falling swing. It's piercing, so get that plus two piercing damage. And it deals nothing against high guard. Uh, then it goes two, 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 one, zero. So even against low guard, it's going to be doing two damage and it's doing four against another falling swing. Um, so she is <coughs> quite, a, quite an unpleasant melee character, actually. Uh, well, to play against. <coughs> so yeah, that's her, that's her card. Um, again, uh, Joe did a lot more playtesting on Vesper than I did. Um, so I'm, I'm going to kind of let Joe talk about Make more about her uses if that's all right, Joe. Because uh, um, I think I think yeah, well, you, you you know her better than me. Um, so why don't, why don't you go ahead and just start sort of telling people about apart from picking up moonstones and doing yeah. that reach and well, like, what, what else do you think her uh, her main benefit? <laughs> is? Yeah, well, yeah, apart bit, from so. grabbing stones and then laying it, which I do. Oh, have you got me back now? Yeah, I got you back. Yeah, it's it's a bit the, the connection's not great, but just just keep talking, and I'll tell you if I if I miss anything. Okay. Right. I'm gonna I'll turn off my video in case that helps. Um, right. So yeah, apart from picking up stones and legging it, which is very fun and enjoyable, um, she can just run in and instead of paying any attention to Moonstone, she just beat people up. That plus two piercing damage is uh, going to do a lot of damage when it goes through. Melee three means she's... That's one of the other th things which makes her not like a normal fairy. Although fairies aren't usually famous for combat prowess, they've usually got a quite high melee so they can get their signatures to do, um, well, normally very defensive um, signature moves. But yeah, she's got a low melee, high damage output rather than so she's going to run in and just do absolute tons of piercing damage with um, rising attacks thrusts. So, and then her signature as well. Um, that's pretty simple. You just jog in, stab, stab, stab. She'll usually kill quite a few things doing that. And, and um, although the free energy is quite limiting, she's if she's playing alongside fairies, then she's probably got silver tongue around or dark. Diana or any number of fairies that can give her energy. So she's not really got three energy. She's going to have three energy plus what everyone else is giving her. So way more. Other yeah, way, she's, I like to use she's fairly easy just, to give energy uh, to, isn't she? So yeah, that's not really a problem. Oh, yeah. Say. Mm, yeah, it says three energy on the cards, but she can normally be higher than that if you want to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> the, the, the other one, one I really like making use of his antagonize, and that really depends on who else is in your troop. Um, 
I, I happen to take Foxglove alongside Vespa. Vespa just has nothing to do. She can throw and antagonize like three times on an enemy who's already activated. Right, yeah. So the enemy won't be able to gain advantage of the melee stat much because they've already activated, but they're going to be at plus three evade. So now. At plus three uh, arcane, essentially, which is terrifying to be on the receiving end of. <laughs> yeah, particularly if, if, say, Diana's already been and given Foxglove another energy. So, so, so he can cast Atrophy twice. Um, yeah, that's pretty horrible. Horrible. I think Joe's Joe, you you muted yourself, Joe. Somehow there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I am so. When can actually twice, they can deal huge amounts of damage. Yeah, well, particularly particularly when you've when you've got, like I say, if you've got um, sort of six cards. I mean, if he's if he's, if he's hitting something like a giant, he could have up to like eight cards, which is just horrible yeah yeah they can um, deal truly terrifying amounts of damage yeah yeah and even though you know and if it's like, if like you know you, you, there's so many ways that that fairies can do damage by with arcane that you know if, if diana's not been yet um or um or even like freya and, and belladonna can do horrible things with that um i mean acid flask even just x plus mm. one if you're getting a three you know <laughs> you can more reliably get a three. It's, 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 oh, yeah. And then there's, there's always benefits. Fairies are always going to like hitting people with high, with high, with high evade stats, aren't they? So, um, there's, there's lots of, lots of allies that can, that can benefit from that, certainly. Um, yeah, cool. Um, yeah. and even Vesper, there, uh, who's got throw Traveler. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, if, so if Vesper's been given some extra energy, she could, Antagonize someone and then love a jabbing at them. Um, yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah. That's always a fun one. It's it's quite nice that she's got um, she has got a few options. Um, I might go and reset my internet for me. Okay, we'll just give her a minute. Um, yeah, yeah. I might go and reset my internet very quickly because it's very choppy for me as well. So um, I'm very sorry, our people. That's fine. Well, it's well, it's, I'll, um, I'll, I'll stop the recording there, um, and then we'll we'll come back in a second when when you're ready, Joe. Okay. Right. I'll see if I can fix this. Make this slightly better. <laughs> okay. Be back in a minute. Bye. Okay. Okay. Uh, sorry for the sort of gap there, and, and we decided that. Um, we had to stop the recording to start with because it was getting really laggy and we were both breaking up. And when I listened back to the recording, I could I could I could hear it occasionally. It wasn't as bad actually as I thought it might be, but we decided to stop and we've come back uh, almost a week later, actually. Well, five five days later, I think it is. Um, <laughs> and hopefully my my internet has sorted itself out because so far our conversation has been it's been better. So so remembering rightly, we in the first in the first 15 minutes, which is what you've heard so far. We talked pretty much entirely about Vespa, so now we're going to move on to the other sort of three newer, uh, newer fairy, <coughs> Foxglove, Belladonna, and and Gwendolyn. Uh, I think we're going to start with Foxglove. Um, 
really lovely model this one i really like that uh like this one in particular i think particularly among the fairies it's got a really dynamic pose um for the model um when all the fairies are kind of doing something but this one looks like it's literally like like they're they're just exploding a huge spell in someone's face <laughs> and they're being blown back by it so um i, I really like that on it um I think it really works for for works for the model, and particularly it also works with the with one of their spells as well, doesn't it? Um, so just to oh, in case anyone doesn't know the Fox Club card, I'll quickly run through it, and then we'll have a chat about how to use them um, and and where they work best. So uh, fairy rogue, so good in a rogue lisp, also wizard, so can benefit from any wizard keywords we have in various other cards, particularly in the campaign deck. Um, there's melee three, range one, arcane three, minus two, like normal fairies. Weakling, same as normal fairy. Trickster, which is the same as Freya has and Loki. So if this model successfully bluffs, after resolving the effect, you can reveal the bluff, 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 bluff and gain plus the energy. That's obviously once per turn, because otherwise it'd be mental. Um, and then the two kind of unique abilities for Foxglove. Is Shelter of the Shadow Glade, cost three, six inch range, six inches is the standard fairy range for most things. Some fairies have longer ranges, but generally six inches of stuff. <coughs> and basically, uh, they give um, protection to a model within six. Um, so, protection being that the first time this character will take damage, damage is reduced to, to nothing. And lastly, on the turn. Um, and the last one, which is kind of the scariest one, although I, I, do, I do like to use both when I'm using Fox Glove. Sometimes you can't get this one off, so I do like to use protection as well. Um, but the other one is atrophy, which is just a simple 2x magical damage. Um, so quite scary. And like most fairies, they've got um, six health and five energy, which is pretty standard uh, for, for fairies. So it's a pretty brutal potential output, but also potentially useful um, support. And then they're uh, I really, really like Foxglove's signature because I just think it's hilarious. Um, it's called Mirror of Mischief, Low Guard. Doesn't do any damage. Well, at least not supposed to. So on well. on, on all of the um, different types of card the opponent can play, it's got a question, question mark in all of them. And it just says, when played, choose a fairy or rogue within six. This becomes a copy of that character's signature. They still consider a low guard on calculating the opponent's damage. If there is no fairy or rogue characters in six, then this card deals nothing, so it just counts as a normal low guard, basically. So Fox Club could steal anyone else, any other rogue or fairy's signature, which is just open for such hilarious possibilities. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I really like. Especially because especially because so many fairies in melee rely on their signature to do well what they do. I mean, Freya is the, the prime example here of a fairy you would want to nick. Yeah, or Tito, yeah, so for the same reason, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and with a melee three, um, Boss Club hasn't got a really low melee, so it's easy to, and with so much energy, you could easily spend an extra to get up to five or or seven if for some reason you're trying to attack. Um, so, well, <coughs> well, but there are reasons why you might attack. You might be trying to finish someone yeah. off. If you're, just, if you're sat next to, say, um, Fencer, you might go, you know what, I'm going to go attack because... You can still do potentially do a decent damage. Hmm. Yeah, so if, you sat next to, um, if you sat next to Butterfingers as well, 
and you see uh, a model which has lots of energy, and you don't want them to have that much energy. Boss gloves yeah. can just fly over to this, the enemy in question, and just try and drain all their energy with Butterfingers. Um, yeah. Signature. yeah. Um, and there's all sorts of fun ones. It, I mean, even like um, Silver Tongue is a fun one to do. It can't be attacked. Um, yeah. Wasp is obviously a good one. Um, just does damage. Fence is good because it, it doesn't attack, damage isn't reduced. So if you play two, two low guards against even like their rising attack or something, <laughs> Um, yeah. you're doing four damage to them. So, um, yeah, Vesper's so. another good one as well because you're essentially playing a low guard that deals damage. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so both both those really? good So like and Wasp as well. And um, so there's potential to to be playing a low guard, which is good, you know, for suffering less damage, but and while doing more. So, um. And there's obviously the, the other rogues where, where ones you could um, try to think what the rogues could benefit. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't the, think what I can't think what Loki's is. Loki's a rogue, isn't he? Um, lo, lo, can he steal Loki? Oh no, Does no, no, because no, Loki's, a... Loki's um, Conmark, isn't he? I was thinking of. Um, um, the you one with say the that, but I'm reading Mirror of Mischief at the moment, and I can't immediately find the word friendly. Yeah, you know what? It doesn't say friendly, does it? So if if they if Foxcub oh, was near Loki, they could steal Loki's or Natty's for that matter. Um, that's quite well. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that. Well, I've or if you're facing <laughs> another fairy troop, you can have an enormous choice. If you're oh, facing be, um... fairies, or even if you just brought Foxglove in a non-fairy list and you were facing against fairies, they could steal whichever one they wanted <laughs> from uh, your opponent. Well. I was about to say I need to reevaluate Foxglove, but I still think they're. I thought they were brilliant before this. They're still brilliant now. This is just. I was another layer of shenanigans to what I've yeah. planned now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Foxglove's definitely, you know, going along with the rogue, with a real theme for the rough. So, because I really like a rogue build. I don't know how competitive it is, but you can really just annoy your opponent quite a lot. <laughs> it's, in my opinion, going to be very, very good when the. When the uh, Dominion humans come out, not the pirate ones, but the ones with Creep and Claudia, I think rogues are going to be really good when they come out. Yeah, because Claudia's a rogue, isn't she? Yeah, and Creep is as well. Is Creep a rogue as well? I didn't, I didn't know Creep was a rogue. Creep is a rogue, yeah. Oh, wow. And, okay, uh, then that is, that is brutal because Creep is awesome. Yeah. And um, obviously, their rules aren't fully out yet, but um, no. one thing I will say is they both really appreciate plus one arcane for Muradai. It really dials them yeah. up. It's scary. <laughs> Especially what creep can do with Fox. I think this will be another podcast when they... Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, when, when, I can say yeah. a lot about that box when it comes out. I've already pre-written a couple of things on it, which will no doubt I'll be shotgunning on the, face gun, uh, the Facebook group as soon as the box drops. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah, yeah. We, we'll, we'll cover Dominion Humans when when they're released. I mean, they shouldn't be too far off. Um, that, yeah. Those are pretty much well, the last things from the new book, I think. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Uh, people with book two in hand already can see their rules are already done. It's just, um, well, something log logistics on Tom's side, I guess, which I don't fully know what's going on there. So uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the process of. Um, the process of creating an actual model is I remember going through it with Tom mm -hmm. once is quite is quite long-winded. And and Tom, which is you know, the reason that all these models look so amazing is he's a real perfectionist with it. Oh, yeah. And not just like the sculpt, 
he's a perfectionist on where the cuts are, um, where the feeds are, where the joins are, um, mm. to make them as, you know, I mean, everyone knows the fairies are tricky to assemble because they're so small, but he's, he's tried to make them better in terms of like the, the, the final product that you get in your hand is easy as possible to actually to, to, to use. Um, so it is. It is quite a long process. He goes backwards and forwards between like, the sculptor and himself quite a lot, and, and will tweak things consistently. So, but then that's why we end up with such fantastic models. So it's it's obviously worth it. Um, but, but yeah, yeah so book two in hand. Go have a look at Creep and uh, Claudia at the moment, and you'll you'll probably see what I'm what we're, we're alluding to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I've played a few games with with the Dominion humans, and they're a lot of fun. But anyway, we'll come. But we'll, we'll do a Dominion Human um, uh, podcast when 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 they were released. Uh, maybe we'll do a pirate one as well. <laughs> oh, <coughs> I, I could do that. I yeah, I love I love pirates. I love pirates. Anyway, oh, we have we have. I think I think I think Joe, this might be our first serious tangent of the podcast, which is quite good for us. I was just. I was just thinking about that. Hey, we're talking about fairies, but now we're going on to the production process of yeah. the model. So yeah. that's that's quite a far-flung tangent. But anyway, yeah. Box Club and why they're brilliant. Yeah, well, do, 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 well, do, I, I talked a bit about Box Club. I'll, I'll, I'll let you um, yeah. do, do a bit more. Because I, I didn't, again, I haven't done enormous map. I've done some play. I did do some play testing of Box Club, but I didn't end up changing much, I don't think. Um, mm. Yeah, but do, do, do you want to talk? I mean, we talked a bit about what they go well with in terms of the signature, but um yeah, yeah. Who like okay. it, 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 let's say you 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 were you were building a troop and you knew they're fox club in it. Who who else would you put with with them? Well, well anyone who's played against me is probably knows I'm a big fan of the fire spitter and foxglove is basically a short range fire spitter from where I'm standing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's two X magic damage and their name even begins with the same letter. So um, <laughs> when I'm playing Foxglove, I am just, I mean, don't get me wrong, Shelter's Shadowglade is brilliant in the right circumstances. You can slap protection on the absolute perfect model that your opponent does not want to see protection on in the right circumstances, like something with a moonstone, which is under threat in like the last turn of the game. But um, Atrophy is the one I personally normally build around. Um, first and foremost, the, the, the quote-unquote problem with Foxglove is their arcane's kind of abysmal for um, a, a model so focused around arcane. But if it yeah. was much higher, he, uh, they would be scared. That would be too good. There is, however, a model called Muradai, which increases all rogues' arcane when models are. They don't even need to be that close to him. I think a Muradai is a six-inch range on his plus one arcane, but that's. Um, uh, pretty much just standard when I'm taking Foxglove or some other raise, uh, way to increase um, the amount of cards Foxglove draws. So maybe even Vesper as well, because she can stick Antagonize on someone that bumps up their evade. Now Foxglove's drawing more cards. Um, yeah. Second thing, I t th this really is, I'm just rehashing everything I've ever said about the Fire Spitter. Because, um, yeah. But an additional way to uh, get them more energy because they base have an energy of five, which is enough for one atrophy. Um, if you take Silver Tongue or something else, which can give them energy, yeah, 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 uh, you get them any more energy, then they can suddenly um, atrophy twice, which is assuming you don't bluff, 
if you get them at least one more energy and you bluff, then that's three atrophies. And if you've brought Muradite, that's off an arcane of four now. And the last one I normally bring is um, actually a model we're going to cover, Gwendolyn, because they have a dreadful range as well. So the option is either you run headlong into the opponents to cast atrophy, or you just bring the opponent towards you. And um, if you're bringing Foxglove along, who's a fairy anyway, you've probably got some other fairy support options. So bring Silvertongue as well. Chuck, sorry, bring um, Gwendolyn as well. Get Silvertongue to chuck an energy on Gwendolyn turn one and pull something even further in and then turn two, start slapping it on Foxglove so they can blow big chunks out of the, opponent, the, the opponent's troop. Yeah, which kind That's of follows on from your um, traditional method, which you, you use effectively when I played you. You, you, you pulled all my fairies in with Boom Boom and then annihilated them with Fire Spitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which, you know, is very, is, is very effective. So, yeah, it's, it's that, that same kind of if thing. You, broke. you can pull a particular model that you want to be closer, even better if they've already activated. Um, oh, yeah. Um, so they can't really get, get away from it, and then you can just, um, just sort of murder them. Um, I was just checking, yeah, Muradai's range is six inches, so that is actually, you know, on a Moonstone board, that's a pretty decent range for an aura. Um, mm. Yeah. So that doesn't have to be that close. Um, and so Muradai can also do... On the board, um, <clears throat> and I was thinking of something else about Muradai, actually. Well, Muradai is just cool anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but particularly He's good in, like, in like a rogue list. Um, yeah. Because I was it's, thinking... It's it's one of these early sort of models in the second book, which is, um, oh, your troops don't have to be focused around um, their race. This one's focused around traits. You can do yeah. a rogue troop where they're not all one race. There's fairies, there's humans, there's gnomes, there's... I, that, I like that. I like that yeah, sort of yeah, definitely. No, I, uh, I, think, um, I think we're... I think as a, as a game, the idea of bringing single race troops hmm. is... is is going now really that was very much the way it was yeah. when we had the first set of fairies goblins humans and gnomes out but um it's still perfectly I'm... doable like i could still bring a uh like a goblin troop with only goblins and the goblin king but yeah. there's so many different ways i can otherwise build my troop now if i want yeah definitely yeah um and you can very much you know you can very much still bring a fairy troop or, or um mm. and, and gnomes still Quite like to be quite gnomey, particularly if you've got Mama Gimbal in there. Which, if you're bringing gnomes, then in the way you wouldn't. Um, but yeah, because um, I also like Foxglove in a like I like I like I like them in a rogue list for that reason you just said. But I also like them in a in a fairy damage list. So I'd bring like Foxglove. Oh yeah. Um, Diana, Freya, um, probably would actually bring Gwendolyn for for. For an extra healer and the ethereal allure, um, possibly Belladonna, just because I like having Belladonna around because she just scares the Jesus out of giants. Yeah, I was going to go murder a I giant. I, I don't like having a plus two of a model and then seeing um, Belladonna. Yeah, because um, yeah, I mean, you... reasons I'm sure we'll get on to. Yeah, yeah, we will, we will. But yeah, um, I think one of, I mean, gotcha. when, when... it's got to be Gotchgut, right? Yes, yeah, with with Diana yeah. Vygotska, with Vygotska, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Vygotska's like... terrifying with Diana because, I mean, obviously she normally goes quite early in the turn, drains something energy, something's energy, and she can redistribute that around fairies. 
Foxconn only need to take one more energy and then they're doubling their damage output and their damage output at the baseline is terrifying as yeah as is doubling yeah. that even further is just and and, and trying to doubling it because yeah, you're and, and also it, yeah. Go on, sorry, it, I'm it, interrupting you. Sorry, no, I was a bit stuffy there. No, it's not even um, Fox get being able to do two atrophies instead of one atrophy isn't even doubling their potential output because um, two atrophies means you're twice as likely to hit uh, Trickster as well. So you're, you're close to tripling their damage output with one extra energy. It's kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, actually, I think that um, Foxglove is probably the scariest character to face who's got Trickster. Because yeah. with Freya, okay, they might get another fizzle pop off. Okay, it's X damage. Yeah. It's not necessarily going to hurt that much. They might get an extra heal off. Okay, irritating. But and like with Loki, okay, you could probably do some more shenanigans, but they're not as deadly. Neither of them were as deadly as Foxlove. Yeah. So I always, you know, whenever I'm facing Foxlove, and my opponent does an atrophy, and, I, and, I, and I'm looking at my cards thinking, I've got no idea if you're bluffing or not. And if I call it, if I call a bluff, you're not, then you get to cast again anyway. If I don't call a bluff, and you are, you get to cast again anyway. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. And it just, it's a, it's yeah. such a, just messes with your mind, that one, more than more than I think the other one, the other two do. With, with oh, yeah. yeah. Um, if, if you're on the wrong side of Trickster on Freya or Loki, then it's a nuisance. If you're on the wrong side of Trixer with Foxclub, then something's dead. Yeah, something is definitely dead. Something's just died. Um, and, and not even just something, it could be two things. <laughs> oh, yeah. <coughs> um, yeah, it could easily be two things. So, <coughs> yeah. Sorry, my cough was just worse in the evening, so it's a bit frustrating doing it in the evening. But yeah, I think that's um, Foxclub fairly, fairly well covered, really. I think that yeah, it's it's more around trying to get the atrophy off. I think is that's the that's the main one. Um, but the extra thing they've got with with Shelter Shadow Glade and with their signature, it's just kind of like it's kind of just a reminder to your opponent. I've still got something else in my back pocket, actually, not just yeah. atrophy. That's not the only thing you're gonna be scared of. I can also make that person unkillable for an act, for for a bit. Um, Which, although I've not talked about it much, the protection if if they're playing in a um, well a fairy or a rogue troop for that matter then protection is really quite good in those troops because those troops are generally quite flimsy and don't have a lot of defensive tech. So being yeah. able to slap um, your immune to all damage for one attack onto a model is... Uh, well, if I, had, if I had to have that ability in any troop, I'd want it in a troop where all the models are ridiculously flimsy by default. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <coughs> definitely. And there's the, interest, there's the interesting way you can... Actually, no, that's more applicable to nobles, where you can put protection on a bodyguard um, and then choose whether the, the target takes the damage or the bodyguard takes the damage. It's, yeah, it's, 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 more, it's more pertinent in nobles troops. So if uh, you protect Gotch Gut and you've got a fancy hat, fancy hat takes three damage, you just let fancy hat take the damage. If, you, if that fancy hat takes like 12 damage for some reason, then you pass it on to Gotch Gut. Gotch Gut has protection, you just ignore all that completely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was gonna, I was gonna say that as well. Um, mm. About putting protection it's on. Definitely more pertinent in noble yeah. troop, but it, you can do it in Diana. I mean, it could be useful if you're using, if you're using Diana, then um, and you got Gotch again for, for the same reason you just said. Really, um, like if you put it on Gotch Gut and she takes one damage, then you just keep it on her because it's not a big deal. But if you're in combat with someone and she's about to take five and then die, I'll, I'll take it on 
which you would normally, but it just means Gosh can't last longer. So it's just a useful, yeah. useful thing. It's kind of like, I, I always think of Shelter Shadow Glade is, is kind of thing like, well, I, I can't get to you for atrophy because you've managed to stay far enough away and I haven't been able to pull you close enough. But I can still make someone else unkillable. So, um, yeah, as a backup. I can't, I can't kill you, so you're not killing me. Yeah, I can't kill you, but you can't kill me exactly. Cool, <laughs> right. Uh, let's go on to Belladonna, who is actually one of my favourites, I have to say. Um, she's one of my favourites to the extent where I originally uh, created the fairy scenarios from the new book based entirely around her. <laughs> we had to change afterwards because it came with it, it was it didn't it was it didn't work with her, which is a shame. But there was change for the right reasons. But um, yeah, sorry do, about that. No, 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 don't no, 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 apologise. I, I completely agree. When when Tom said the change, I was like, yeah, you know what, mate? I think you're completely right because they didn't work. It just meant it was too easy for her to escape or too easy to, mm. you know, it didn't it didn't work. It didn't work. So actually changing it to fencer um, was was the right was the right call. Um, so I, I have no I have no issue with that at all. Um, you know, because I created the scenarios for the narrative, and then and then they needed testing, which which will happen, and and they have to work effectively. I think what's one of the good oh, things yeah. about this new book is that the scenarios have been really well tested. In the first book, I think they were kind of not hashed together, but hastily written, shall we say. Um, so I think the scenarios in the second book, with much more rigorous playtesting, are are kind of more balanced and effective. And some of them aren't supposed to be balanced, but um, like the one with Dino and Rage. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be just mental. So that's fine. Yeah. But at least there are the, some balanced ones. The rogues can definitely... The Rose can definitely win that one, trust me. But it is no, they can. Yeah, I, I, I played it for the entire game. Yeah, I played it. I think four or five times, and it's it's. I think, I think Diana. Well, actually, funny enough, the first couple of times I played it, I realized Diana, Diana and Rage wasn't good enough, which is why I, I made it better. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, she was originally yeah. only Arcane Four, and I made her Arcane Five um, because <laughs> she hasn't killed the entirety of the enemy's troops. She needs a buff. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, the, the, actually, we're going off tangent again here, but the reason why I made it... Uh, well, no, we're talking about Diana in Rage, who's a fairy. She is a fairy, and, and she's an new. Therefore, so... it is on, completely on tangent. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason <laughs> that we changed her to, to, to Arcane 5 is because she's only supposed to be used in that scenario where she's entirely mainly facing fairies. And with Arcane 4, she's only ever pulling two cards. It meant half, quite often she wasn't doing anything. Um yeah. Which, is not, which was not the point of the night. The point is, it's supposed to be really hard for the rogues. It's supposed to be Diana being absolutely mental and just killing everyone because she's so angry. And what, and what we found was, I played it a couple of times, she just didn't kill anyone. <laughs> it's a bit like, well, that's a bit of a damp squib kind of thing. So I was like, well, if we make it five, yeah. she'll be pulling three cards. Um... <coughs> I, I finished reading the narratives the other day. It is excellent. But um, actually, I shan't say too much more on that. Yeah, it was like we're going into spoilers or making people jealous, and of course, traditional off tangentness. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Right, I'll quickly go through Belgar's card anyway. Um, again, yeah. for anyone who's not who's not got her, so she's a fairy and rogue again. Uh, melee four, which is actually quite high for a non uh, sort of melee model, which is not melee specific. Range one, arcane three, evade minus two, standard, standard sort of fairy, weakling as normal. Then this is where her cool stuff happens. So she's got a really irritating but fun ability called Fairy Tricks. <laughs> so it costs two. So this is an active ability. So it's not it's not arcane. I'm going to like cast it. Eight inch range, which is longer than most fairy ranges. 
And if you can swap places with a target-friendly rogue, not, not a fairy, but a target-friendly rogue. So <coughs> it's a really good one. If you want to bomb her up the up, up the board, you put you put a rogue up, swap places with them, and then she moves normally. And you can really gain a huge distance with her. Um, and then she's got a, which I don't, which I don't think, I, I certainly don't use that often, which is Acid Flask. Uh, it's only got a four-inch range, X plus one magical damage. Um, good for finishing people off, but it's a bit desperate if you're just hoping for the best. Um, but the really fun, the really fun one is Drop a Nightshade. Cost three, only a one-inch range, it's got to be a melee. But the fun thing is, is that you've got three choices on it. Well, four choices on it. Um, green is target loses X energy, so she can just take the energy off. Which <laughs> is fun. Blue is just have X wounds, so okay, maybe not ideal, but you can do some damage. Um, this what the red one I really is really fun. Move target enemy two X, then you may have the target make a melee action controlled by you. They count as friendly during the attack action, so that's just hilarious. And I think I did it on um, Zoya once. Managed to get it off, and she went off and killed Danica. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I didn't even need the catastrophe, um, but it was just it was just brilliant. Uh, and the catastrophe is the target and this character are both slain, so she just kills both of them, which I kind of alluded to earlier that she's just terrifying against like a giant build because she can just go and kill one of the giants in one hit, which is horrific particularly it should be drawing five cards against them as well um there's a good chance of getting a catastrophe um or six if mirrodai's nearby or six if mirrodai's nearby he is a rogue yeah. <laughs> exactly um so it's 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 a real uh it's very scary it doesn't actually happen that often because there are only three catastrophe cards in the deck um but when it does happen it is just wonderful <laughs> as long as you're bad on it entire troop which is built around sort of abusing this combo which i'll no doubt have to talk about and it is it is a joy to either play as or against because if you're playing in a game with this with this troop which just abuses this ability and that's all it does it's a crazy game <laughs> yeah yeah um so just to finish off her card so she's again six health five energy uh very standard and her um, so it turns on a high guard. It's called Drop of Delirium. Doesn't do damage, but the end term effect is move the enemy model two inches. It then loses one energy and suffers one wound. So um, that's pretty good, actually, to be fair. Um, you can get her mm. pretty much out of combat with a lot of people, and they lose energy, so they, they, they often find it harder to step in. Um, and the, the one wound is just a bonus, really. Um, <coughs> and obviously, if you have multiple high guards, then they could, you'll move them four inches and also have a two energy and lose two yeah. wounds. So there is always that as well. Interestingly enough, apart from the the melee attack, um, her signature is basically a combination of all of the drop of nightshade abilities, and yeah. apart from the catastrophe as well. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so it's about yeah. moving moving someone, doing wounds and doing and, and losing energy. So, um, mm. yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is actually, I, I have used the Opposite delirium, a few, you know, and it is it is a useful one to keep you within in melee with a one inch range model. You can get them out, um, mm. and then she can step away as well afterwards, so you can get even further away if you need to. Um, so yeah. it is a useful way, and it, and it isn't move them directly away. It's just move them two inches, so you can move them where, wherever you want. Really, um, yeah, she's a fun one. Um, 
I mean, like most fairies, you know, she's vulnerable. She's weak if you're not if you're not careful. You know, I hit from a fire spitter. If you're not careful, and she'll be she'll go down easily. Um, a very lucky hit from a ribald will still go down easily. But I think you can say that about any fairy. Um, yeah. You said that a lucky ribald hit. Yeah. Well, the worst one I ever had was, um, and this is slight tangent, but we are going to talk about Gwendolyn in a second. So it is, and it was her <laughs> playing against Jack, and he fired. Um, known called uh, Quarrel. Quarrel, fired Quarrel. He was exactly uh, 14 inches away, uh, firing through cover, uh, through various bits of cover. He just about could draw a line of sight, various bits of cover at Gwendolyn, drew one card, green three. <laughs> <laughs> Literally headshotted Gwendolyn from 14 inches away. Oh, you hate to see it happen. <coughs> you do, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? Fair play. That almost never happens. So, <laughs> you know, you had one card, you had one, you had a one in what, 21, one in 18 chance of, of getting that. That was one in 18? 21. 21. And you got it. So it's just bad luck on my part. I could wouldn't complain about it, or I can just accept that it was a bit of bad luck. Um, oh, yeah. So it was, just, it was just like one of those moments. Brilliant. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, anyway, uh, so <coughs> um, I'll, 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 I'll let you talk a bit about, about Belladonna. What, 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 I mean, tell you what, go, go ahead and let's start with the Drop of Nightshade troop, as we'll call it. The Drop of the <laughs> Anti-Belladonna troop. Yeah. Yeah, so um, you were saying earlier that when you uh, obviously use Drop of Nightshade, you kind of need a little luck. At three arcane is not that high, and catastrophe. There's only three of them in the deck, despite how many how many times you seem to pull them. There are only three of them in the deck, but um, <coughs> there is there is one way around bad card luck, and um, that's a model called the Revenant. So Revenant has visions of the future, so he can point at a friendly model, and they suffer a catastrophe with no arcane draws whatsoever. It's an extra ability; it just goes off. So with the Revenant, Belladonna can just run up next to whoever she likes, um, can be a model with minus two evade, she doesn't need to draw arcane cards, and then the Revenant can activate next, visions of the future on her, and then bam. Uh, no arcane cards drawn, that is a dead whatever Belladonna's standing next to. And, um, well, but wait, there's more. Uh, <laughs> Dominion also has a model called the Mortician, and if you know what the Mortician does, I think you've worked out what this troop does now. So Belladonna runs up something, Revenant, Revenant blows her up, and then the Mortician activates next and reanimates her. Yeah. All to repeat in the next three turns. There's <laughs> like those that it, it depends how you want to support this troop. Like there's way, there's many different ways you can support this troop. Like you could bring along um like Muradai to give her someone to teleport to. to to extend her threat range for when Revenant explodes. You can like bring along Shu to give Mortician energy so he can reanimate more. But the sort of main three characters of the combo is the Mortician to bring her back to life when she explodes, the Revenant to explode her, and the, well, the Fairy of Death, Belladonna herself. And it's ridiculously fun to play as or against. The game is just crazy with this one fairy just flying across the board exploding returning flying across the board exploding for four turns in a row 
Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a horrible one, really. I mean, the way I try to think of the way <laughs> the way to combat that, I suppose, because um, you can't even do it with things like protection because it doesn't say damage; they're just slain. Um, yeah. But um, I mean, to have a revenant yourself works because you can't do it on the revenant; it just comes back to life again. Mm. Um, but I guess the way to stop that is, is to try and kill the mortician. Um, is yeah, it like that's, one way, definitely. You know, that's, that's the target because it's, it's hard. It's hard to deal with. It's hard to kill the revenant. I mean, you can take the, the, the energy off him so he can't, or get him down to like one health or something so that he's yeah he's, he's stuck. That's the other way, yeah, because it, it's sort of a very, very um, rigid chain of three models that you need to do it. You just need to take one of them out, which is either yeah. kill or really badly drain the energy of the mortician, or, well, kill if you have the tools. <coughs> They're rare, but they exist. Kill the Revenant or just more likely reduce him to very little energy so he can't actually use visions of the future. So yeah. it's definitely it's definitely possible to play against, but it is um, you just need to know where to hit that troop. Yeah, because the to the future costs two, so as long as you get the revenant down to four wounds, you can no longer do it. So if you start, to, I mean, obviously there's ways of giving him energy, so it's not a, it's not that's not lucky foolproof, but ideally you want him on one or two wounds and you leave him on it, um, which is why you 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 always want if you're playing against the revenant, you always want to leave him on two wounds um, hmm. or one wound. Because then he's he's stuck in the soon. <coughs> but there are also funny enough, one of the ways funny enough, one of the ways to heal him is get Belladonna to kill him. Yeah, that is I was gonna say that is, the, <laughs> that is one of the things to do. Yeah. Um That's that's my favorite. When someone hasn't played against the Revenant before and I've got like the fire spitter or something, I'm like, right, fire spitter is going to use fire blast on the Revenant. Yeah. And they don't realise it until I said, right, he's dead, he's now at full health. I'm like, oh I see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have done that before. Um yeah. I, I just like shooting my own models because I find it very amusing. I played Gremlins <laughs> when I played Malifaux and I'd spe- I'd have some games where I'd never shoot my opponent. I'd be just too, be- too busy shooting my own Gremlins. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, and Belladonna, apart from, apart from Drop of Nightshade, she's useful for lots of other things. She's, she's, she's a good um, Moonstone capturer because she can kind of run up, grab a Moonstone mm. and then teleport essentially back um with with fairy tricks acid flask i only ever really use acid flask if um i want to hit usually like a giant on low health um Mm. someone on low health where um i've got a better chance of just doing two damage um and i haven't got to kill myself with drop a nightshade um (laughs) um but Acid Flask is very much a kind of like backup thing, I think, for her. Um, it well, stops her being like a one trick pony as well, I think, which is useful. Mm. Um, we talked a bit about her um, signature. It's just one of those ones that it's a fun one if you can get it off. It's on high guard, so it's not a defensive one, but can also yeah. taking away energy is always is always going to be a useful one. Um, she's yeah, very, Flask I do is think... kind of like um, Shelter of the Shadow Glade is to Foxglove. It's that is probably not going to come up in a lot of games, but that one niche um, use of it is going to make a difference. Yeah, it's kind of a bit like um, I also think of that a bit with um, Boom Boom. I don't use his I don't use his blunderbuss that often, but occasionally oh, yeah. I've used it, and I've just I, I remember one game I played and I was playing and I was, I was 
I just shot quack three times with it. <laughs> I shot him, I think, at like the end of one turn, the beginning of the next turn, and I managed to kill him because he was the only one near me, but it was just funny. And, it, and he was like chasing quack around with his blunderbuss. <laughs> <laughs> Boom Boom's a bit of a trap because if you look at his model, the first thing you see is a massive blunderbuss and you think, oh, he runs in and shoots stuff. I, honestly, I, the shoot blunderbuss is probably the ability I use the least. Yeah, it was what I mean. Yeah, and I think acid blast is yeah. similar thing to bad honor. You don't use it very often, but very occasionally it's like, oh, I'm glad I had that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Belladonna, I know she's she's fine in a fairy list. I think she prefers to be in either a rogue or as you talked about that, that, that mortician and revenant combo, but she prefers to be in a in a in a rogue list because then she can yeah. use fairy tricks much more openly. If you've only got a couple of rogues in your list, you have to plan ahead. You can, it's, not, it's not useless, but you've got to you gotta really plan if you're gonna use it and if you are. How are you going to use it? If you're not going to use it, why are you bringing Bardon in the first place? Because really, her exceptional movement is one of her biggest attributes. Um, quite a fun. I don't know if um, the Goblin King can't steal Goblin movement off anyone, can he? You can only steal it off goblins, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I haven't talked about it a lot myself, but yeah, fairy tricks, really, despite the fun sort of. Troop I was talking about earlier, her main best skill is fairy tricks because an eight inch place is an absurd distance, especially because it doesn't care about moonstones. You have a model with three moonstones, you then you walk Belladonna over to the edge of the board and then you just throw Belladonna in. Yeah, she's probably going to die, but then you've got what, a model laden with three moonstones right next to the board edge, which is a brilliant position to be in. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're playing rogues. Which is how, how how I normally do it. I normally get someone else to go and get the moonstones, and then she sort of plays with them. So you, she she becomes a bit mm. of a sacrificial pawn to some extent. But yeah. on the flip side, if she's right next to all the enemy, and let's say she was she was on full health, she's then teleported next to all of them. You've got all your moonstones out, and then she still stood there with three energy. Well, <laughs> what, what, what could she do next to that three energy? Maybe she could do a drop of nightshade and murder someone. <laughs> yeah. You know, and by maybe you mean she's entirely going to try yes. a drop of nightshade yeah. to murder someone. Yeah, so she can still. So there's, it's got you know, and that, and that's like that. That's like the ideal situation for her to be in is to teleport, yeah, get those moonstones out, and then be able to do something horrific at the same time. And that's you know, that takes some setting up, but when it works, it's yeah. absolutely brutal. Like your opponents just watch your moonstone disappear, and then seeing this incredibly deadly fairy. In the middle of I think one of the best ones I did it on, I didn't manage to do this. I had Muradai with I think I think two moonstones, but still, you know, Muradai with two moonstones, and he'd moved Lubard up and hadn't couldn't attack him for some reason. I think I'd managed to step away and stuff, but Lubard was there ready. And I swapped places with swapped places with Belladonna and then killed Lubard. <laughs> um, which was just yeah, that's definitely a good target for drop of nightshade. Yeah, because I was doing, I was drawing five cards. I drew catastrophe. Um, yeah, that's the, sort of the, the scariest bit about drop of nightshade is when someone puts down a card and says catastrophe, and you sort yeah. of look at it well, like, well, if I call bluff and it's true, she's dead. If I call, if I don't call bluff, then she's dead. Okay. Yeah. So basically, I, I mean, I guess what that is, is is you can't really bluff it because yeah. you, you, you've never got a reason not to call bluff because you can't do it again because she's hmm. dead. Um, yeah. So, because I don't, I don't think she, I don't think she can. I think she's dead. <laughs> I don't think you can yeah. do it. I don't think you can do it. I don't, I don't think you can do it again. It's not oh, like it I know she can't. 
No. Yeah, she can't rapid fire it before she dies, which no. would be very funny if she could. But... Yeah, I mean, oh, it'd be horrific, wouldn't it? For me. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's guess the, kind of the downside. Well, not really downside with it, but you can't really bluff, bluff it. Um. But one one thing I do like about it is not just using the catastrophe. Let's say you haven't got a catastrophe. If you call the green, the blue, or the pink, you haven't really got to worry about bluffing so much because they all do bad stuff. Hmm. So if you go up to the enemy and you and you hit them with drop a nightshade, no matter what they do, if you if, let's say I called I called the pink because I wanted them to go and hit someone and they haven't got it, well if they call catastrophe I'm going to kill them. If they call blue they still suffer wounds. <laughs> if they call green they still lose energy. So it's bad whatever happens. Hmm. I mean yeah you know if, if they've got a blue one they're going to suffer one wound but they still have to take damage. Um, yeah. You know and I saw them doing yeah, any blue, so it's a it's a reliable source of nuisance. <laughs> Yeah, um, blue one is the weakest. Oh, I we're not being recorded. I'm doing um, quotation marks with my hand. <laughs> blue one is the weakest, but that's still one wound, and one wound in the sense that it goes through bodyguards. So, yeah, I mean, what one wound or something like Diana, which is re- relying on her bodyguard to save her, it's it, it adds up. Yeah, I think something we haven't mentioned yet: the drop of nightshade and fairy tricks uh, together cost five energy, and she starts with five energy. So yeah, which is, yeah, which is what, yeah, you can use yeah, both yeah, she, yeah she, so, so she can reliably do both. She, she, and that's the good thing with her; she can do both without help. Um, mm. Like Foxglove needs help to do actually twice. Um, yeah. Gwendolyn needs help to do Ethereal Allure or Rejuvenate twice. Whereas Belladonna can do kind of her two yeah. most useful things without help. Well, she needs a rogue round but, to jump, but she doesn't yeah. need to go second or third or fourth if there's already a rogue there she can do it immediately she technically does need help to do drop of nightshade twice but if she's done drop of nightshade correctly then she'll only need to use it once yeah 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 to to, to do drop of nightshade twice to which you'll need help but to do the fairy tricks and be there and then do drop of nightshade she doesn't Mm. need any help so she's more kind of reliable in that way um because otherwise, because if because one of the things you can be if you're trying to use atrophine, you're trying to use the lure, or trying to use these different things, you got to you have to then think a lot about order activation, which can get complicated if you know depending on what your opponent does. But one of the things that's good about Bardona is that she, that she doesn't need to worry about it as much. Yeah, you need a rogue to to bounce off if you're going to do fairy tricks, but um, if you've got a rogue list, then you've usually got a choice anyway. Um, oh, yeah. so. Um, so yeah, cool. Well, I think that's Belladonna covered. I'll, um, yeah. I know we've talked about Gwendolyn in previous podcasts, but we'll still we'll still cover her because she's still new. Because um, obviously we covered her when she first came out with the mm. with the Lesher Vault Kickstarter um, when she was only available in the limited edition model. But now she's been released to general release. Um, we can talk about her separately. So again, I'll quickly run through her cards, and then I'll, I'll let you talk about her, Joe, because I know she's one of your favourites. Um, oh yes. <laughs> so Gwendolyn, so she's Dominion and Leshevolt. Um, we'll talk about her mainly, I think, in Dominion lists. I think last time we, we talked about her, we talked about her in Leshevolt lists. So I think we'll focus on how yeah. to use her in fairies. So she's melee two, range one, arcane five. So good high arcane, um, minus two, same as a normal fairy. She's feeble low, so she's minus two damage. Not that it really matters, you know we're doing damage with her. Um, and harvest cosmos one. She's got Scry, cost four, draw top card of the arcane deck, look at it, and then place it face down beside this character. And at any point, you can add it to your arcane or resist hand. 
if you do, then at the end of the action, it, it, or if she's slain, it's travelled back into the deck. Then she's got Rejuvenate, which is a sort of uh, upgraded heal. Costs three, eight-inch range. So unlike other fairies, she's got longer ranges. Um, heals X plus one wounds, and then can move them X as well. I really like Rejuvenate. I know we used to talk about Ethereal Lulu a lot, but I really like Rejuvenate as well. Um, oh, they're both brilliant. Yeah. And then Ethereal Allure, again, costs three, eight-inch range, so slightly further than the normal fairy ranges. Uh, and it's move target X plus two directly towards this character, so you can draw people right in. And the catastrophes of both of those are suffered two wounds. And on High Guard, which is her signature called Dream Glade Glamour, um, no damage. The enemy character, the enemy cannot make a melee attack action targeting this character until the end of the turn. So basically, she just becomes immune to damage from that from that model uh, for a bit, which is great if someone's just thrown a stacked, you know, a stacked energy fancy hat in on her or something. Just does that, and, and then he's just stuck. Um, yeah. I mean, they, assuming she survives one hit from fancy hat, which is the main. Assuming she survives, assuming she survives one hit, yeah. It makes a very, very sketchy assumption that she can survive a hit. Yeah, I mean, you basically hope that he plays a falling swing and you play a high guard. Yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> but yeah, um, so she's very much a support piece, but a really fantastic support piece. Um, but yeah, I'll let I'll let you talk about how how you use a Joe, and we'll focus it on um, on on fairy lists. I think because I think we, I know we talked about her in Leshevolt in the Leshevolt podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I think I've talked about the use of her in many capacities at this point. I, I, I talk about her a lot. <laughs> yeah, she's quite brilliant. But um, like in, in fairies, I think the main use I get out of her is the ethereal allure because. At least to me, one of the defining features of fairies is very, very powerful but low-range arcane abilities. And if you're starting in, in a game of Moonstone, where you're starting, what is it, 16 inches apart from your opponent, generally, roughly, and you have six-inch abilities, then there's no way you're ever going to be in range turn one with, well, just their movement alone. And some of them might even struggle to get... Um, in range on turn two on some models, but with a model like Gwendolyn and Ethereal Allure, turn one you can just um, jog up, um, find a, a model that's already activated. Um, they're far better targets for lure because they can't activate and then just jog the opposite way and undo all of your luring. So jog up, find a model that's already activated and just start to pull them in because um, you get a pink two or something, then that's going to be that's a model which is now four inches closer to you, um, a lot more likely to now be within range of a fairy with six-inch range, like, oh, I don't know, say, Foxglove. Um, Gwendolyn pulls them into the kill zone, and then, yeah, the rest of the fairies fire. Um, I think in some Dominion and Leshevolt troops, she has the problem of, um, well, like we were talking about with Belladonna, it's a three-energy action, and she's got five energy, so generally she can only do it once, which is... It's useful. It's it's pretty useful, but it's not the best. In fairies, you've got things like Silverton. You've got things like Diana. You have plenty of options for extra energy on Gwendolyn. So that's what you do. You get Diana to um, put cast feed on fear on Gotch got turn one, shift that energy over to Gwendolyn, and now turn one, she can chog up uh, ethereal allure something twice, and well, that model's probably on your half of the board now with yeah. 
well, probably a stacked foxglove as well, or a very angry wasp and vesper. So, yeah. um, and, and what's also because it's, it's putting them within range, but it's also putting them away from all their own troop who are there to mm. heal or have buffs. Um, I, I really like to pull bodyguards away because <laughs> they're usually yeah. giants, <coughs> so easy mm. to hit because you're drawing seven. Um, yeah. well, and then Gotch really far away from Fancy Hat's hilarious, <laughs> yeah. Or pulling Fancy Hat away from Eric as well is another funny one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah And usually particularly... then pulling him away from Gotchka at the same time, you pull him away from both. So oh, yeah. it's just really, I mean, Fancy Hat doesn't particularly like facing fairies anyway because they tend to get through his armour. Um, mm. But <coughs> but yeah, yeah, that is a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, the, the Rejuvenate also pretty, it's, 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 the rejuvenate is really good don't get me wrong but ethereal allure is like the cornerstone of um how some fairy lists will operate when you have gwendolyn and it's just rejuvenate is especially good in um uh, finding diana troops after um maybe turn two turn three when you you when you pretty much have a target for your fairies but um in your diana list normally you've got a bunch of fairies running around who are badly wounded thanks to well diana <laughs> so another fairy on tap to heal all that damage as well as Freya is quite nicely appreciated. I, I... Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and, and it's you know it's a useful one for getting getting modelled out of combat or modelled with Moonstone just a bit further away, isn't it? So because um, it's, it's target friendly model, so it's not it's not just limited to fairies. So she can be she can be used in other lists uh, quite well. Um, I mean, we talked about it, you know yeah. she's. She's a cultist, so she's good in a cultist list, but yeah. um, she could actually be useful in it in a lot of Dominion and and Neshavolt lists mm. because she I doesn't really just, like her she doesn't really rely on. Um, yeah, I used to quite like. Yeah, she 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 doesn't really rely particularly on the keywords. I mean, she benefits from things like Diana and Silvertongue giving her energy, so she likes being with fairies for that reason. But her her abilities don't rely on. Um, on, on a particular yeah. troop type, she she can do her cool stuff on anyone. So um, so it works for both. Oh, absolutely. I used to quite like her in a uh, Goblin Pirates because you used to have the well the El Capitano box and Stew. So if I'm playing at one of my events, then there's one model slot left. I'm missing a model to lure people and a model to heal people. Oh, Gwendolyn fits the bill quite nicely, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, that is a nice one. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean that's that, that's kind of that's kind of then covered, really. I mean, we we Diana, I suppose, has also been is also technically released in, in the same box as Posca and Berdana, but I think we've covered Diana plenty of times on 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 this, so I don't need to talk about Diana again. <laughs> I mean, Diana just she's also very she's actually one of the most straightforward fairies to use. She takes energy yeah. to kill stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, act um, activate your top of the turn, steal something's energy, and then kill something else with it. Yeah, and and fish bash bosh. Yeah, and put Gotchka next to her, <laughs> so she doesn't die. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, that's basically she, she is actually one of the most straightforward fairies to use, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've yeah oh, the first tournament, the first tournament I was in, um, where I could use Diana, I basically won because I used Diana. <laughs> um, mm. I think in the in, in the final, my opponent didn't realize how didn't, didn't know how good she was, uh, and she killed Fritz in one activation. Um, <coughs> so she, she 
you know, that was really an extra guarantee. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways of dealing. There's, there's various ways of dealing with, with all these with all these characters, all these models. But um, Diana is definitely one one of the more straightforward. I think fairies. She's just yeah, yeah. takes energy, kills stuff. If she's basically, she's hilariously flimsy and easy to kill, and the only thing that keeps her alive is the noble keyword. Yeah. Yeah, she, if she didn't have that, frankly, she'd be rubbish because <laughs> she'd just die. Yeah, yeah. The, the noble um, it's, it's, it's usually the only thing keeping you alive. So, um, <coughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I love I love Diana. I always have. That's why, which is why I created a scenario that made her even better. <laughs> oh, naturally, yeah. Um, and I created the the, the Diana enraged character, and I helped create the model because um, I like her so much, and I wanted her to be mental. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, the fact she. She sort of borderline ignores evade because four arcane base, that's okay. Oh, deal two wounds to your own troop. Now she's eight arcane. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I see you have minus two evade. I don't care. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. I'm still six cards. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's brutal. Um, it's also the fact that it's draw two additional cards. It's not. Yeah. So if they're <coughs> if they're um oh, in cover and minuses. Actually, let's say she would be on one card. Actually, she can still get to five. Um, yeah. Because if if they I've were never had that hard cover, that's a thought. Yeah, because if they were in hard, if it was plus two arcane for each one, if they were say in hard yeah. cover and minus two evade, then you'd be drawing two cards. Whereas this way, you're still drawing five. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's better. The the two additional cards is better than the additional tw- additional arcane stat. Um, <coughs> Because it's always it means like a minimum of three, um, so yeah, so it, it is yeah. it is kind of better. But obviously, like she 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 has that problem that fairies have that she's only got six inch range on stuff. Um, yeah, and you know the one thing that always to be wary with her is yes, bodyguard is really important, Gotchgut. But if your opponent moves Gotchgut <laughs> or moves or manages to move her, and she's suddenly out of range of bodyguard, then she yeah she's very flimsy. So in a way, even though she does have that six-inch range, which most fairies have, she's kind of even more restricted on her range because she's kind of um, she's kind of chained to Gotchka as well. To she is she pretty go. much. I mean, it depends what the what second she's facing. five inches away from Gotchka, she dies. Yeah, she is. She is a bit. It depends what troop you're facing with that. If you're facing an, if you're facing a gunline kind of list, then yeah, you need to stay close to Gotchka. Although if you're facing a gunline list, they're going to shoot Gotchka instead. because <laughs> um, yeah. it's a lot easier to hit. Um, if you're facing a melee build, you can often stay a bit further away anyway. <coughs> because she's six inches away from someone and they jog and have got a two-inch melee and she can step away anyway. Um, so she can keep herself a bit safer against a melee list, I think, than she can against a um, uh, an arcane list. But, you know, it's not that simple. You know, that's, that's a very simplified way of seeing troops in, in Moonstone. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, she, she, she also... Like all these ones, they they, they do they, they they can find it harder against um, anti arcane builds, so particularly gnomes. Um, oh yeah, they've got the anti arcane stuff, um, which is and, a huge problem for Diana. Which is a huge problem because they and, and a huge problem for Foxglove because they'll just take out the reds, um, yeah. take out the pinks, and suddenly they become a lot less effective. And actually, Gwendolyn, um, Belladonna's not not as bothered, but. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a particularly brutal one. If you've got Danica and you've got enough spirits in, you just take out as many pinks as you can. Um, mm. <coughs> and suddenly Boxcar becomes virtually useless. 
um, and Gwendolyn and Diana certainly with Squeeze Willy. Um, but I think I, I remember I did play I did play against um, a, Dan, a Danica list where they took out I think they took out most of the pinks I and mean, I didn't actually see what they took out. Basically, I, did, I just spent all my energy stepping and, and digging Moonstone and running off. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I killed a single one of their one of their troop, but I had so mm. much energy I can get anywhere I wanted because I was just stepping loads. And I got to them. Got I basically got to all the moon turns in turn one, dug up in turn two, and then legged it. Um, so it's not it's not all bad because they've got so much energy to, to use. Yeah, I think I had Tito, and I just put Tito in the middle and went, "Go on, see if you can kill her." <laughs> um, and they couldn't. Uh, yeah, obliterating half your opponent's troop is fun, but um, yeah, picking up moonstones and running away is also quite funny. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not necessarily the most important, like. like you know, if I'm filming, it's not the most enthralling game to film, um, but <laughs> it is. It is. It can be funny. Um, mm. Cool. Well, I think we've um, kind of covered that pretty pretty well. Um, yeah. <coughs> I've got a cough come back in. Is there anything else you kind of want to add before we wrap it up? Um, I did want to talk about one uh, particular troop because um, you put a question on Facebook asking if anyone wants us to cover anything particular and I promised one Paolo that I'd talk about a fairies melee troop. Yeah, go ahead. Not because it. it's not because I think it's the I I don't think it's the most the most competitive thing ever, like a like a Diana fairy troop, but I think it's funny and entertaining basically. But um the core of it is Freya because Freya's brilliant, basically. Uh and I also know for a fact that this certain Paolo loves Freya. Um, uh, Foxglove because uh, I know I said melee bills but trust me on this one and then Wasp and Vespa are the core four models for this um, I cannot remember I've used this YouTube a couple of times I cannot remember for, the, remember for my life what the fifth model I used was it was probably Gwendolyn but um, I reckon you could sub in Silvertongue as well if you just wanted to stab things more but basically um Wasp is brilliant as is in melee. Vespa's pretty similar. Uh, Freya, you want around for healing. And Foxglove, um, they have that Mirror of Mischief, which is... It might have actually been Fencer. It might have been Fencer as a fifth model, because that would make sense in a melee uh, fairy build. And it means Foxglove can run in and needle point something, yeah. which is um, maybe not their technically their best use, but it's funny. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's the thing. You could, it's really weird to use because you have a bunch of melee models which don't take a hit all that well, but when they run in, they really deal damage. And you've got this, um, and there's this really weird um, use you can make of oh, what was it called? So antagonize, yeah, Vespers antagonized. So Vespers antagonized, you get some great use out of it, that in this troop. Because obviously it gives plus one melee to something uh, and plus one evade. So you can either use it on your own troop, like use it on what well, I think I must have been using Fencer in that game. Yes, that's what I think it was. It was Fencer, Wasp, um, Vespa, Freya, and Foxglove. So you can get Vespa to use Antagonize three times on the Fencer. And now the Fencer is nine melee base. Oh. And. I mean, the fencer does what the fencer normally does. She runs in, does an obscene amount of damage, and then dies. But now she does it even harder, even more obscenely. <laughs> I mean, you could get yeah. that means you could get a fencer to thirteen cards, yeah. 13 quite easily. Cards to go through it. Yeah, 
and um actually no i say i say she runs in and just dies immediately no she doesn't it's time for fox club to shine uh they just put protection on her <laughs> so now yeah. they couldn't run in get one really good hit off which probably kills something she survives the counterattack once because of protection and um yeah it's it's rather silly but <laughs> it was entertaining to use and you've also got the dual use of antagonize because like i was saying it's plus one melee and plus one evade if there's something you really 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 don't want to hit in melee for some reason which um kind of goes around the whole purpose of the build but sometimes you kind of need to admit that you probably shouldn't run headlong first at fancy hat um you can wait for still something's activated like fancy hat antagonize him three times and then foxglove comes in and gives him a good old uh atrophy yeah plus three of eight (coughs) yeah it's wonderfully silly and funny to play and i would recommend everyone giving it a punt because it really does change up fairies instead of sort of carefully sort of staying at that six inch range and firing carefully firing arcane abilities nipping into grab moon stones and run off you just plow forward <laughs> and run headlong into the enemy and it's 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 really a spectacle to see and your opponent doesn't know what's going on <laughs> because it, it makes no sense yeah that sounds fun i think that's the thing with this game though isn't it is you can build the really competitive troops which you know, when you go into tournament, you want you want you know most people going to tournaments want to try and win, so you you build that competitive yeah. troop. But you can also just build so many fun, hilarious <laughs> things. And you know, I, I I've gone I've, I've played friendly games where I've just thought I'm probably going to lose. But I'm just going to see how many silly things I can do in one game. Um, you know, <coughs> like, like bumping uh, wasp up to. Uh, 10 melee with Vesper and then running in and stabbing sometimes with 10 cards five times. Yeah, I mean, with Wasp, that means you, there's a good chance you'll get three high guards, which is just horrific. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, or if I you're... think I did that one thing with Fencer when I had protection available, but I think for the rest of the game, I would just be buffing up Wasp because, yeah, running into something, stabbing it five times at 10 melee is horrific. Yeah. <coughs> I remember one game with with Wasp when um, I, I didn't, I didn't the Vesper didn't exist at this point, but um, just to show how good he he is even without too much support, I think I think he killed three gnomes in two activations, um, <laughs> and one of them was Joanna. Um, oh, and he killed her last. To be fair, he killed two gnomes. So, but I think like like it was like he he got the perfect like last activation of of one turn, the first activation of the next one. Hmm. So he killed one one of them at the end of one turn and wounded wounded one and then finished them off and then killed Joanna in the first activation of the next turn. So within two activations, so I got the last activation of that turn and the first one of the last. So within two activations, oh, he killed three nice. of his models by himself and wasn't dead. <laughs> I, I honestly, there was, in the in the Discord a while back, I think someone was, I can't remember where they were asking, but they were asking what every, who everyone thought was the best melee character in Dominion. And I had a thought on it, and I think I did come to the conclusion it was Wasp, just because um, he's got a brutal damage output. He's very, he's quite um, tough for a fairy. I have yeah. to add that caveat, caveat for a fairy, he's quite tough. And he doesn't really need that much support, especially for a Dominion character. I mean, yes, he appreciates the, the support. Like Silvertongue giving him two extra energy means now he stabs something seven times instead of five times. But, you know, I often find wasp dabbing something five times means it's 
not combat viable anymore. Yeah, no, no, no. He is, he is pretty because because of because of. Um, I mean, he does struggle against things that get through um, passabilities. That's when you got to. That's what you got to avoid. But yeah, <coughs> with but with Buckler and Spiteful, um, I mean, he's usually getting a wound back every every time he hits something. Yeah, um, and usually taking a lot less damage because they can't do critical hits. So no, I, I've I've always rated Wasp really high. I remember I remember having having an argument with Tom in the early days of who was better, Wasp or Fencer. Um, I think we pretty much came to a stalemate and, and agreed to disagree. Because <laughs> I think it's Wasp, <laughs> he thinks it's Fencer. Um, <laughs> I think they do very different things in their life. Yeah, I mean Fencer's really good against stuff that's got high armor or damage resistances. Um, yeah. Whereas she Wasp... also has the, that enfeeble, which is very, yeah. Um, yeah, which actually combos very well with Wasp because the thing Wasp doesn't like is stuff with high additional damage. Because, well, things things which get loads of damage off critting a bunch don't matter him. So it's basically things like trolls, which just hit you with one non crit, which does massive damage. But if fences thrown like, oh, I don't know, minus two damage on Gotch Guts. Then Gotchka is just um, working off one card with no damage bonuses. But, yeah. um, Wasp wouldn't care about that. <coughs> I need to use that troop again. Did I say that again? I missed that cough. I, I need to use that troop again. Just try throwing in yeah. or something with Fencer, and then yeah. Wasp goes in and just laughs at, at being <laughs> invulnerable. Yeah, definitely. It's a fun one. Fun one. I've always, I've always liked Wasp, but then, you know, fairies have been like my main troop since since the beginning since the early days yeah. so it's the one i know how to use the best and i i, I think i yeah. learn how to get the best out of wasp um because he's such a good like ground controller as well with his two inch melee just sort of sits in the middle and like come on then see if you yeah. can kill me because it's gonna take you a lot of energy to do it um he is i do like having him in a diana troop because if you don't have um, a model similar to him in a Diana troop, then generally what I find is my opponent will just rush headlong into melee because there's nothing much that opposes them in melee. But if I've got Wasp sort of skulking around in the back, then suddenly they're not as confident about running straight into melee. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I tend to put him ahead of Diana, put him like literally like in front of her. One, one, it means that she can't get pulled because she stops and hits him instead. Um, but again, they have to kind of go through him to get to her, so... And he is hard to get to. Even if you do manage to get through him, it's going to take you energy hmm. um, to energy to do and it. Thematically, that works brilliantly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, I think we've I think we've got it covered there, Joe. I think that's good. I mean, I, I know someone else put on the questions to try and cover a bit of Vesper's background, like narratively. But um, I'll be honest with you, I don't know it. <laughs> um, I know she's <laughs> supposed to be one of the kind of Roy. I think she was supposed to be. Originally, she was one of the royal guardians, along with Wasp. Um, they're they're both they're, they were always traditionally like Diana's. Like Wasp was traditionally like Diana's, Diana's bodyguard, pretty much. I mean, obviously, in game you use Gotchka, but he is like one of the royal guardians. I think she is supposed to be as well, which is why they both got javelins. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the symbol, I think, yeah. of the or traditionally it was. I know that obviously Susie's made made changes and things to the traditional narrative. And it's amazing. So, um, really, <coughs> definitely not complain. Um, I know the javelin was originally designed as the idea that it was a, it was one of the, you know, you kind of earned your javelin as a fairy to become a guardian of Diana. 
guiding in the throne mm. kind of thing. So I think Vesper was was originally that. And obviously Vesper, you know, in terms of design and things, she's she's kind of designed around a mod. <laughs> you know, she's called Vesper. She's got big 80s hair uh, and she wears sunglasses. <laughs> um yeah. pretty much. Or supposed to be wearing sort of sunglasses, like she's wearing the the shades. So that's kind of her point as well, is that she's that she's got that sort of theme to her uh sort of eighties eighties mod, I think is the idea. Or um, mm. Which is kind of fun. It's, it's kind of a new, a new kind of stylistic influence in in Moonstone, which is always which is always good. There's, there's lots of different styles all over the place, but um, I like I liked Vesper. I like that little tweak in Vesper that she looks a bit different. Um, yeah. The other thing, of course, to say with Vesper, I don't know if we said because it's been five days we said it, is that she's an animal as well, so she benefits from any animal traits. Oh yeah, <laughs> and also I doesn't benefit from some, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's many sort of things that buff animals in Dominion at the moment, but um, there, is, there is, it's it's kind of, um, it's something you need to watch out for, because if you're playing against Leshevolt and someone has Gloom, then their Gloom can push her around without um, well, yeah. putting any cast or anything. So. And, and, and if, you're facing, um, if you're facing Hogwash, you want to be careful, because he does more damage, so oh, yeah. um, that's another one. But yeah, cool. I think we've got everything covered. I mean, I, I, don't I, I have I have a couple more things on Vespa. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, go go. I, could do. Um, I know the 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 creature is called a bane bug. It's named Twiggy, and the reason she's flying around on it, as far as I'm aware, is if you look at the fairy on the back, she doesn't have any wings. Oh, yeah, actually, I hadn't noticed so, that. Um, yeah, I wonder if there's Despite a flying the wasp, There's still only one pair of wings on that model. Yeah. At least I'm going to double check now. I'm going to look at the picture, picture of her and she has, I've said she something can't that, see any. Just, just to double check, I haven't said something very stupid, but I have a cool. I was building the model the other day and I was like, oh, yeah, she doesn't have any wings. Yeah, no, no, no wings. Cool. I wonder if, that, I wonder if that's written about somewhere. And actually, no, because I haven't written I haven't read the whole narrative and I haven't got my book yet. But um, yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's a very tactical model. Such a cool model. Oh, um, I haven't bought it yet, but I really need to because it's just all so much weight to love to Christmas, basically. But um... I've built mine, but I've not got around to pay. I, I just about finished because um, I'm down in another part of the country for Christmas now. Just before I left, I finished my um, 135 scale Jada model, and that model <laughs> is insane. The, the craziest thing about it to me is I was talking to Tom about it, and he was saying that it's not a new render or anything, it's the normal render for Jada, it's just scaled up. Wow, and the the one thirty five scale model you can act, you can it's it's crazy. I went back and looked at my old model. There's so many details I didn't notice before <laughs> about um after, until seeing this sort of really scaled up version of it. Yeah, it's cool. That's really cool. And, um, yeah, I I, I, I didn't I didn't put that into my Kickstarter. So I think I couldn't couldn't really justify it, but um, it is cool. It's a cool addition. Cool. All right. I think we'll, I think we'll leave it there. I think we've we've not. I think I think we've done quite well. We've we've, we've gone on less tangents yeah. this time. I think than last time. Um, I, I think so. Yeah. I yeah. Think I think we've they slightly more focused on fairies and and things, which is good. Because <laughs> um, normally we have a lot of tangents. <laughs> mm. That's cool. All right. Um, right. Well, we'll leave it there. Uh, so thanks yeah. a lot for listening, everyone. And we're I'll hopefully get this out before Christmas, twenty twenty one. So Merry Christmas to everyone. I hope you have a nice. And I, Christmas, and I, you know, hope it isn't ruined by COVID. Um, 
Yeah. I was just about to ask as well. If, if yeah, if, if, if this is out before Christmas, um, happy holidays, everyone. Hope you have a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I will get out before then. Cool. All right. Take care, everyone.